Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending with Dice. As always, I'm your host and game master, AJ. Uh, a real quick intro this time around, and then we'll get into our recap. Uh, firstly, I'm really happy to announce the storyline that we're going to be going with following this uh, current Call of Cthulhu storyline, uh, which uh, still has a couple of episodes left, so don't worry about that. And uh, that is that we're going to be heading back to our homebrew D&D world of Volana uh, for a very special story featuring cast members from last year's uh, Curse of Penance series over on Penance RPG, uh, which I was a part of. Uh, those of you who've listened to our previous D&D story arcs will know that we ended our last one on kind of an ambiguous uh, sort of jump in time, and uh, this new story is going to be set during that jump. Uh, I can't tell you any more right now, but stay tuned, uh, more to come soon. Uh, I also uh, I would just want to make a, a quick apology for us not uh, putting up a bonus episode last week, as we did promise. Uh, scheduling just sort of kind of got the best of us, and uh, we didn't manage to get anything sorted before it was sort of too late. Uh, that being said, I am hoping to uh, get another world-building episode out for you all next week. Uh, I don't want to make any concrete promises after missing the last one, but uh, fingers crossed. Uh, Alright then, let's uh, quickly recap what happened last time. So, waking on their third day in Twinamon Sea and uh, trying not to think too deeply about the gruesome happenings in the church on the previous day, uh, our investigators once again set out into the town alone uh, with their own business in mind, uh, but not before noting in the local paper uh, there was very little mention of what had actually happened. Uh, Madame Sway uh, took a walk around the harbour, noting on her journey that some members of the public seemed very much on edge. Uh, while on her walk, she also spied a glimpse of the large, imposing manor house that Alistair had seen the previous day. Barnard once again made his way up to the sanitarium to visit his ailing friend Jenkins. Uh, on his way into the facility, he passed a well-dressed gentleman who he deduced must be Dr. Quartley, the uh, lauded owner and operator of the sanitarium itself. Inside, however, he found that his friend was in a very bad state, having just undergone a mysterious procedure. Asking at the main desk, he was told that Jenkins had been marked down for the most aggressive treatment plan that the sanitarium offers. Meanwhile, uh, Alistair headed back into the centre of town and after briefly trying to gauge the general uh, mood of the populace and sort of failing, <laughs> uh, he went into the theatre itself uh, to speak to his old family friend Abraham Foster, uh, who would be starring in that night's performance of The Tempest. Foster had also not really heard much about what had happened in the church, but did confirm that a strange feeling had been about the town for the past several weeks, and he implored Alistair to be careful. That is pretty much where we left off, uh, so without any further ado, let's begin today's episode. Enjoy. Okay, so each of the three of you have um, been about your business in the morning. Is there anything you want to do in the afternoon specifically, or should we move on to the evening's performance? Uh, the only thing that Barnard is fussed about right now is if I can acquire a bottle of gin somewhere, that would be uh, ideal. Yeah, okay. Um, 
All right, let's say, so you, you find your way back from the sanitarium then and head into town and find your way to the grocery store. Fairly small, it's a few doors down from the uh, the pub that you and um, Alistair, uh, well, and Madame Sway were at uh, the previous day. Uh, walking in, uh, you hear the sound of a small bell ringing um, above the door and uh, behind the desk is a him sort of middle-aged uh, man, uh, fairly big moustache, um, looks up as you come in. Uh, afternoon, sir. What can I do for you? Uh, good afternoon. I was looking for a bottle of gin. Gin, gin. Uh, how much uh, How much are you looking for? We don't tend to keep it out on the shelves. Uh, little ones running in, grubby fingers, taking our stuff. That's none of your business, of course, um, but... Uh, well, I used to say, uh, what, what amount of uh, alcohol would you require, sir? Uh, well, I'd be looking to... Uh, let me think, actually. <laughs> Get nicely sloshed. <laughs> trying to think and trying to... Well, yeah, that, that was the first thought that came to mind. <laughs> um, well, something to fill a hip, hip flask. Fill a hip flask. Oh, yeah, no, we can, we can do that, no problem. Uh, one second. Disappears through a um, a side door, leaving you alone in the... The main, uh, the main shop for a, for a, a moment. Uh, while you're standing there, you hear the tinkling of the bell behind you, and in walks a. You put him. It's it's tough to know his age, but he does look a little old. Uh, but quite well dressed, um, man, um, wearing, wearing a. He's got a bow tie. Sort of. I mean, if you. Without asking him, he looks kind of dressed like a butler, and he uh, he stand he walks up beside you to sort of stand uh, stand in the queue for the counter. Uh, looking past him, you can see a car parked outside the uh, the grocer's that wasn't there when he walked in. Mm-hmm. Okay, noting the guy, then uh, Barnard kind of gives him a hard stare and gives him a look up and down. Does he catch his eye at all, or is this guy engaged with, I don't know, not being engaged? Um, he kind of briefly, you see his eyes sort of flicker towards you, but he's, uh, he looks, he seems fairly aloof, if you know what I mean. He's kind of pointedly not looking at you. Mm-hmm. Sort of a little, but you get a kind of like, a little bit like you're beneath his notice sort of feel. Okay, well, noting that, that and not not quite liking that that's the attitude that this guy is exuding, uh, Barnard's going to intentionally draw his attention and say, uh, Good afternoon there, sir. Good afternoon. Uh, what brings you into town today? Shopping. Quite. And Barnard tries to sort of feign a smile that's kind of like... He's got his scarf pulled up around the bottom of his chin and the smile's creeping out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's not a pretty man, so this isn't necessarily a charming smile. <laughs> <laughs> Just flash him your toothiest... Uh, toothiest that's grin. <laughs> um, hmm. Can't really think of what to say to this guy at this point because it feels like a slightly awkward moment. Mm. You could say, um, um, "Did you see the game last night?" <laughs> did you hear about the church last night? Do you like gin? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what, 
What do you wonder? What? What? what blah, blah, blah. Ask him what was going on at the church. Okay. Well, we, I will meta game the hell out of this then, and yes. <laughs> um, um, okay, noting that he's not even not engaging with the conversation still, I'm going to try and strike up about um, recent subjects and what have you, and turn to him and be like, so I've not been in town for long, but it seems that there's quite the hustle and bustle around the church at the moment. So we were in town yesterday to witness the events. I'm sure I was not. My duties uh, engage me elsewhere. What do you do, good boy? Good boy. Oh boy. <laughs> what do you do, old boy? Good boy. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, I, there's sorry, a lot of like right. <laughs> very pointed like age-related comments going each way of this. Yeah. <laughs> I attend Lady Druitt uh, at Druitt Hall. Uh, Lady Druitt, you say? I, I believe I saw what I assume to be her physician leaving the sanitarium this morning. I'm sure that is none of your business, sir. Oh, I suppose so. And with that, Bonnard's going to kind of look around for this shopkeeper who's taken quite a while with his gin <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, the, at this point, the, the shopkeeper kind of, you can hear, he starts talking before he comes out. Oh. Seemed to be, we're running a bit low, but I found a bottle down at the bottom. And uh, as he kind of rounds the corner and looks good, oh, uh, Mr. Holman, uh, oh, if you just give me a minute to deal with this gentleman, I'll have uh, the usual order uh, ready to go uh, in just a, just a moment. The, um, the butler sort of gives him a sort of quite curt nod and just sort of, again, is not really, uh, doesn't, doesn't really look like he wants to, he's not in the mood for any long conversations, <laughs> let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. He does, he's, a, he's adverse to small talk. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, noting the air in the room then, um, Barnard's going to give a little nod to each of the gentlemen and uh, make his way out of the shop. Um, taking a moment to have a quick... I mean, this car that's parked outside, is is there any way for me to look into the windows as I'm leaving the shop without being too overt? No, Obviously not leaning over and kind of poking a head in or anything, but more like <laughs> trying to get a glance at who's in that car, if anybody's in that car at all. Sure, uh, make intelligence. Um, actually, you know, if you're trying to be stealthy, let's say make a stealth check. Okay, doke. Right. 93. <laughs> the rolls are not with me today. So it's been raining, and um, as you kind of try to sort of surreptitiously lean, you just sort of slip on the pavement and you put a hand right on the door, like <laughs> <laughs> to steady yourself. Um, luckily, though, it does appear to be empty. Okay. <laughs> not very stealthy and it did make a bit and like it's a bit of a clang as you go kind of you know it, you, you basically fell into the car like into the okay, side of the car so, <laughs> sort of glancing around and trying to compose himself as quickly as possible looking back towards the shop did anybody see that um make uh, make an intelligence check okay. maybe get one <laughs> 17. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really tell with the uh, reflection from the front uh, windows. You can't really see whether anybody noticed or not. But nobody okay, comes then. running, but um, yeah, you don't know whether you were hidden or, you know, or if it was like super obvious that you opened the door and basically walked into the car. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> not feeling very, uh, well, feeling a bit foolish after all of that. 
and trying to pull himself together uh, while I'd kind of blowers to himself grumbles. Uh, I mean, it's a, bit, it's a bit tricky to be stealthy where you're walking with your cane and that as well. Hmm. But in, in a really tense, unpleasant then he kind of wanders back off towards the lodgings to, uh, well, he's going to go back to his room and have a few sips of gin mm-hmm. to try and purge his mind of the thoughts of what he's heard about Jenkins dealing with this morning mm. and that brief moment of feeling like an absolute tit. <laughs> now, I've been thinking, because I know it was a joke last time that is there a drunkenness stat, and I started scrolling to see if there was. Um, I have been thinking that maybe there should be like an impairment thing if you guys are getting super drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might just take a second to just look through my uh, keeper rule book to just see if there's anything mentioned on that real quick. I don't think there is because there's nothing on your character sheet about it, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to pause recording and just quickly look because I think it might be quite oh, funny. I, I think it's more than fair if you want to homebrew it and... Uh, yeah, I just <laughs> want to see if there's... Give an, a small amount of punishment. <laughs> see if there's an official ruling because there's a quite a lot of drinking that seems to be going on in this group. And, um, yeah. I just feel like Barnard's a man that needs to, like, I don't know, quench his mood sometimes. Oh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I get it. I get it. Like, we, we've all had some experience now with what Barnard's kind of like. So, uh... <laughs> okay, so we'll just say it now. We'll say that um, Barnard then knows how to handle his, his alcohol responsibly, for the most part. He knows how to handle his brown. <laughs> Oh dear, this is, get, this yeah. is clear alcohol though. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, is this, uh, you, you drink a lot of brown gin? Yeah. <laughs> Depends what flavouring you put in there, food colouring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lump okay. of mud in it, you know. Fisherman's friends. Yeah. <laughs> Spice it up, why not? An old penny. I once thought Fisherman's <laughs> friend was some weird dirty innuendo, but... <laughs> well, it turned out to be absolutely right. Super, um, super strong uh, mint. Mm. Yeah, I will leave it to you then to how affected you are. Uh, you can just play it in character, as okay. opposed to as opposed, opposed to making a rule and like you like you've been poisoned or anything. We'll just say you've had a couple of drinks of a couple of nips of um, of uh, of gin, and how drunk you are is a hundred percent up to you. Well, Barnard, as you say, he's a, he's a hard-bitten man. He can deal with this stuff. So he was really going to have a couple of little swigs and just kind of sit and try to put his mind onto things other than the death of his friend and mm. mortality and all of the questions that come with such things. Just trying to take the edge off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was the one thing you really wanted to do in the afternoon. That, that was the, the big deal. But the, the main point is that I've still got more gin. <laughs> That's, oh, that's the important part. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. I think then we'll. Um, so I'll tell you, you're refilling a hip flask and and just sort of secreting it about your person. Then I take it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Stashing it in a pocket. Yeah. Getting like a camel pack and filling it with vodka. Um, <laughs> <laughs> smuggle it into a performance. Okay. We will. I think then just skip along to the evening, uh, unless uh, you two have got anything. No. Nothing I can think of. Nothing you think of? Okay. So the evening rolls around then, and you all make your way. Are you going together or just sort of ambling down to the theatre? I I think maybe meet up outside the theatre if Hmm. we don't go down together. Yeah, I imagine we'd probably wait for each other out. 
Yeah, I'd imagine we'd probably wait for each other and then go in together. Mm. Yeah. Might be a chance mm. to discuss anything mm. that we've seen before we go in as well. Mm. All right, okay. Well, perhaps um, we could play it where... Sorry. Um, we've all got to have an evening meal or something before we go out to see it, presumably. If we all were to head down to the dining room and perhaps catch each other's eyes across the dining hall, that would be an opportunity to have a nice conversation and a catch-up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we we'll want to do that. All right, so uh, it, it's seven o'clock at the um, at the theatre. So let's just say early evening, uh, five five thirty. We'll kind of just amble down to sort of look for. I mean, what do we call that dinner or afternoon tea or whatever, and uh, yeah, supper, <laughs> supper, supper. supper. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, and um, yeah, the the um, the two other people that you've you've seen at meal t- breakfast times at the. Um, at the the lodgings are are not there for this meal. Um, apparently off elsewhere. But um, Mrs. Kendall is more than happy to rustle up some food for you all. Um, so, uh, I mean, do you care what you eat or? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> as long as it hasn't got mushrooms. <laughs> okay, we will hold the mushrooms yes. on the. Uh, is that a character? As a character choice, or is that a personal? Uh... That, that's both. I okay. I can't stomach mushrooms; they do things to me. And neither can well, Alistair. No, yeah. <laughs> Side note: Then remove mushroom monsters from the game. Indeed. Yeah. So, okay, you are all in the in the dining room. Then I will leave any discussion up to you as food is brought. And yes. So as we're all eating, Barnard's going to kind of look around the table and. Uh, break the silence and uh, inquire as to what everybody's been doing for the day and, um, so I've uh, I've spent the morning with my friend Jenkins and uh, he seems a little uh, worse for wear unfortunately he's undergone some sort of procedure and uh, I fear he may not be joining us for the performance this evening well, that's a shame oh yes I have I saw his, uh, what I assume to be his doctor leaving this morning, and uh, I heard mention of a, a Lady Druitt, who uh, seems to be some prominent figure nearby, but I couldn't really g- gather anything more of who she is and what she does. But the, uh, the doctor seemed to be taking her health into a, a greater account than perhaps the patients at the sanitarium. Sounds a bit fishy to me. Surely they wouldn't put one person above the, a whole... I'm assuming the sanctum is pretty full, is it? Uh, I can't say that I investigated far further than my friend's room, but given he's a man who fought in the war, I should expect that he gets the utmost treatment and some woman sitting at home in her house, so I've little interest in what's going on with her, and I should think that any doctor worth his salt would be putting his attention where it's uh, most valuable. Well, we'd all think that, but uh, as we all know, money talks in this uh, new world since the war. Perhaps this lady Druitt has got the funds to afford such uh, rigorous care around the clock. Mm, I'm not not saying that, uh, of course, that Jenkins doesn't deserve the best treatment, but it's, it's just the way the world is these days. I assume she's the one that lives at the large manor near the harbour. The one that I walked past the other day. Hmm. Oh, did you see it too? Yes, um, my uh, second day here, I went for a walk and uh, got quite up close to it. I didn't venture 
too far up to it, but it, it does sort of stick out like a sore thumb on the uh, on the, the headland. An awful lot of the people in the way seemed off, tense, and then others seemed regular, normal. Something's not right. And the more, the more I, the more I think I stay here, the more I'm beginning to notice things. Just, I don't know. Does anyone else? I've been feeling quite similar, actually. I managed to uh, speak with uh, my friend Abraham at the theatre earlier this morning, and um, he was completely oblivious to what went on in the church yesterday. Had absolutely no idea that anything had happened. He didn't know about the verger, about the crime scene, or anything involving the police presence in the area. And walking through the street today, no one was talking about it. Not that what? I could pick up on. No no newspapers of any kind had anything on them. All I could see was village fate. Just exactly what we saw on the paper this morning, Bernard. Do you remember? Yes, yes. I've, I've seen very little evidence of anybody reacting to what we saw yesterday. Although, as you say, there's perhaps a tension in the town. It does seem incongruous that these people would not be reacting quite... I mean, we've seen such things, it's terrible, really. But nothing from anybody local? No. This is strange. No, indeed. Abraham was shocked at the news. Blind and deaf, they seem. Okay, so let's just say, you know, you're all caught up then. Um, You have a sort of light meal before your... For your trip to the theatre, uh, sands with, mushroom with, with sands mushrooms, of course, yeah, and uh, yeah, sort of. Other than that, I would say small talks made. Otherwise, yeah, mm. and uh, the three of you make your way uh, along the road down back into the town, uh, the way that you've gone several times before, uh, to the theatre. The front of which is now uh, lit up, uh, like you haven't seen it before. Um, fair number of people seem to be making their way inside. Um, it looks like in the uh, sort of entranceway cafe area that you uh, you all um, had a conversation in the previous day. A bit of a sort of um, reception taking place uh, prior to the performance. Um, there's a sort of you can hear the clink of glasses. Uh, one or two sort of quite hurried looking sort of waiters uh, walking around with um, small trays of um, Sort of light snacks and uh, and such, and um, there is a, there's a sort of a bar to one side where the previous day you'd uh, just had like, did you order coffee? I'm trying to remember. Like, you know, you were in the yeah, I think we had coffee. Yeah, that's now been sort of converted briefly into a, a sort of bar area. Um, a lot of people, I say, a fair number of people milling around. Uh, yeah, on the lookout for anyone or just hanging around awkwardly by the door. I mean, I know there's a middle ground between those two, but just giving some options. <laughs> I'm just, we're just, we're just. I think we're sort of staying in in group and just making our way through, waiting for the doors to open. Everybody look casual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we're kind of all like huddled, not kind of huddled together, but like observing in our own way the room mm-hmm. and the people, but like occasionally, like like mentioning. Noticeable things like 
that person over there look, or I can imagine that Sway's like picking out all the tent people mm. and being like okay well if, you, if, if that's what you're trying to do make another psychology check okay. for me then okay uh D100 yeah it was under under 20 wasn't it for psychology yeah oh, oh under 10 sorry 13 oh 13 13 that's not too bad. I mean, it. You're not. It's not. <laughs> you haven't got the critical success that you had last time. But uh, yeah, you. Um, you do notice a couple of people who seem to be, maybe not in as good cheer as they um, as they might have been for a night out of the theatre. But they're there regardless. Um, mostly though, people seem to be in fairly high spirits and sort of as a sort of um, good-natured anticipation. You know, it's not a sort of tension. You know what I mean? They, they seem excited mm. to be there, sort of thing. Are are they waiters? Are they staff? Are they... There's a couple of waiters and staff. I mean, um, the doors to the auditorium themselves are closed at the moment. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a server behind the bar. Um, there's a couple of waiters sort of moving around with um, some snacks on it. You feel like this was probably just like an opening night reception as a sort mm. of like, you know, our big first hurrah sort of thing. Um, but there's a yeah, there's a fair few sort of people waiting to waiting to go in basically. As we're uh, one sort of looking around the room and everything, is there anybody? And I suppose probably need to do a check for this. Is there anybody that overtly stands out as a lady, so to speak? Is there is there any woman in the room that's clearly better dressed, perhaps wearing jewellery and making herself stand out in any way, shape, or form? Uh, make an intelligence check for me. As you're looking for something specific rather than just kind of, yeah. 43 and my intelligence is 50. Uh, 50? Uh, so 43, yeah, that, that is a success, but I'm afraid no, you d- nobody really stands out as kind of like, oh, that's a lady or anything. And you don't see any sign of the butler that you met earlier. Uh, <laughs> there's a fair few, that's not to say there's not anybody that isn't well-dressed. There's a fair few sort of well-dressed people see out for their night or the theatre kind of thing but nobody that really stands out was like oh that's a person of great importance sort of thing and and just before we move off and me scanning around the room um there isn't the other half of that couple that i saw up at the sanitarium is there no you don't see him no okay that's all i need to know that's all you need to know okay um you do spot as you're looking around i mean it's up to you whether you say anything. You do spot the um, the gentleman that you talked to in the pub the previous evening, the one who seemed sort of he was, was asking you for gossip. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you remember him. Um, okay. Well, I, I, I believe I'd, I'd described him as he looked like he was. Um, it's just like he was a bit sort of maybe worked in an office rather than in a um, sort of more physical profession sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. A bit more of a professional chap. Yes. Um, Okay, then noting him, um, we're going to turn to the other two and sort of say, uh, there's a gentleman over there that I met the other evening. I might take a moment to have a word with him and see uh, if he's heard anything more of the events of yesterday. By all means, um, we'll wait for you uh, when, when you're uh, done and we'll go in together. Yes. Wonderful, I shall return shortly. Now, with that, I'm going to stride over to the chap and... Uh, What's what's he doing? Is he carousing or is he? he... Yeah, he seems to be. He's, he stood um, sort of next to uh, a lady that you would you would guess is his wife, who, who is herself engaged in conversation with um, uh, with another lady. 
he himself, he just sort of sort of stood there kind of awkwardly um, holding a coat. Oh, perfect. Well, catching the fact that he's in that third wheel situation, I'm going to sort of wander over and try and catch his eye. Oh, he and very uh, as as you walk up, he sort of uh, sort of not starts, but he sort of he, he recognises you. Ah, oh, hello there, good boy. Good, good to see you again. <laughs> uh, good evening. I, I see you're out for an evening at the theatre too. Oh, quite. Yes, we we're great uh, great fans of the the local company. Oh, is this is this the uh, the wife? Oh yes, yes. Uh, Mildred, say say hello. This is uh, Mister. Oh, I, I you know I don't know if I caught your name last night. No, I'm not sure you did. Barnard, Barnard Hardcastle. Uh, Mildred, this is uh, this is Mr. Hardcastle. He's uh, is it, uh, I've uh, well, we we really don't know each other very well, but he seems like a good solid chap. Yes, yes, we we shared a drink the other evening. I was I was really looking to continue our conversation for a brief moment as we wait to uh, take our seats for the uh, evening's entertainment. Well, I'm, I'm um, sure we've got we've got a moment. His wife has just sort of turned around and kind of. Does he look mildly peeved to be sort of um, interrupted with her conversation <laughs> by her husband? <laughs> um, but she does sort of just sort of gives you a sort of pleased to meet you, Mr. Hardcastle, and then immediately turns back to her conversation. Says, oh, well, the old so, yes, yes, dear. Well, yeah. she goes, well, it looks like we've got a minute or two. Yes. <laughs> you heard any more news about the? He sort of lowers his voice a little conspiratorially. Sort of. You heard any more news about the uh, the church happenings? You alluded to uh, joining him in hushed tones. No, no, I, I can't say that I have. I was, I was really hoping that you might have more insights on it. But it's uh, what have you spent the day doing? Just working, I suppose. Oh yes, he is quite. Uh, those, uh, those forms won't stamp themselves, if you know what I'm saying. So no, I, I kept an eye on the paper, but. Uh, I'm, I'm, as, I'm a bigger fan of the Tombola as the next man, but they really ought to just keep harping on about this fate. Yes, it seems a little strange that the uh, the uh, local media would take no interest at all in events, but I suppose they're not looking to rouse the local populace into any kind of panic or furore. Well, you say that like it's anything more than uh, uh, Mr. Wilkins and his, his assistant. They run the paper, but um, it's, it's not, exact, not exactly the Times of London down here. It's the... Are you, are you particularly familiar with Will, Mr. Wilkins? I uh, went to school with the lad. Yes. Oh, I suppose this is being a small town. Everybody knows everybody, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of history with that gentleman. Yes, bloody awful at rugby, but kick a football like no one's business. Uh, well, I wouldn't know about such things. My youth was spent on other things. Yes. Brother died in the war, I believe, but uh, I think we've all lost, uh, all lost somebody, didn't we? <laughs> More some things. Yes. Quite, and, uh, quite a, allowing the tone to lower, notably, <laughs> uh, Barnard is going to use this as his opportunity to sort of give him a knowing look and say, "Well, keep your ear to the ground. I, I should be interested to hear if you know anything more of the events that are occurring in town. I should expect everybody that's even vaguely aware of what's happened would want to know more of what, what's oh, yeah. going on." Said that quite so. Yes, he taps the side of his nose. And, yeah, I'll keep my ear to the ground. Don't you worry, sir. And uh, with that, Barnard gives a nod, wanders back to the others, and says to them, "Well, it, it seems my uh, my associate over there doesn't know anything more than we do. Although he has told me that he'll keep his ear to the ground." Yes, perhaps a local might be able to tease more information out. 
At this point, the um, the doors to the auditorium open, and uh, a sort of man dressed in similar um, sort of clothes to the waiters uh, sort of rings a small bell and says, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to come and take your seats, the performance will be starting in ten minutes." And people begin to sort of uh, make their way into the auditorium itself. Uh, none of you, despite two of you having been to the backstage area, you haven't really had a, a good look at the interior so far, but it's quite, um, for such a small town, it's quite a sort of well, well sort of appointed um, hall. Uh, the, uh, you know, there's, there's some quite interesting sort of, we call them carvings, engravings, that sort of thing. Um, the the stage itself is flanked by uh, two kind of um, sort of mock kind of Greek pillars, and uh, there is a at the, at the moment there is a, a quite large curtain covering the uh, covering the stage itself. Uh, rows of seats go sort of uh, it's it, it's a fucking theatre. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fucking theatre. <laughs> You started so well. You were so committed I gave up to the description. <laughs> and then you thought, ah, oh, fuck it. You've seen them before. You, you guys know how chairs be. Yeah. How chairs be. Walls. There is a floor. You are walking on it. There are lights. Carpets. There's no fucking leg room. They appear to have constructed some sort of ceiling. Um, uh, you find a, a trio of seats. And uh, it's not a huge amount of leg room. But you, um, you manage to... Uh, get yourselves uh, situated quite comfortably you would put looking around that it is maybe three quarters full um for an opening night you would thought you would have thought that maybe especially with the reputation alistair that you you know the company that it might have been a bit busier mm. but um thinking back you can remember abraham it, it sounded like it might have been a joke at the time but he did say about the audience being thinned out even more, so maybe they weren't expecting it to be too busy. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. I don't want to put thoughts in your head, but you know what I mean, just sort of... It, <clears throat> it, it doesn't appear to be full in here, is what I'm saying. Well, based on what we've learned about people going disappearing, it doesn't surprise me that he might have actually been half-joking but half-serious, and maybe maybe he did know something weird was going on. Hmm. Okay, so you are you're seated for a few minutes, um, and then from the side of the stage out walks um, a man that you know, Alistair, to be the director. He's got a big smile on his face, and uh, there's a polite round of applause as he steps to the front of the stage and says, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to tonight's premiere performance of William Shakespeare's The Tempest, performed by your very own Twinamon Sea players. Uh, we're so pleased that you're all in attendance tonight for what promises to be an unforgettable theatrical experience. We hope you all enjoy the show. Again, there's a, uh, there's a polite applause, and the, he walks off the stage. The house lights uh, come down. There is a, a, a couple of moments of darkness. The sound of a crashing cymbal and uh, a bright flash of light to be the closest that they could do for thunder and lightning and uh, two figures walk out onto the stage both sort of dressed kind of as uh, sailors Bosun here master watch here good speak to the mariners filthy yelly or we run ourselves aground bestia bestia he walks off and uh, several other sailor dressed people walk on stage 
Hey, me hearts, cheerly, cheerly, my hearts, yer, yer, take in the topsail, tend to the master's whistle, blow till thou wind burst thy wind, if room enough. So, uh, as the scene goes on, you watch as um, the king of uh, the king of Naples' uh, ship is sunk by a sudden storm, taking with it um, the usurping Duke of Milan, the son of the king of Naples, and many others. We cut to from there to a scene on the beach of a small island where Alistair, you recognize stepping onto the stage, your friend um, Abraham, dressed in a wizardly robe uh, with a young lady playing his daughter. Uh, throughout the scene. Um, Which scene is it? It's, well, we're not going to read it. Oh, you're not reading it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can read no, it if you want. I'll just double checking. Do you want to play Miranda? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, throughout it, we're introduced to Abraham's part. You're very impressed with him in his old, even in his old age. He's got quite a, a good sort of booming theatre voice. Um, Lie there, my heart. Wipe thou thine eyes. Have comfort. The direful spectacle of the wreck, which touched the very virtue of compassion in thee. I have, with such provision in my art, so safely ordered that there is no soul. No, not so much perdition as a hair, but to any creature in the vessel which thou heardst cry, which thou sawst sink. Sit down, for thou must now know further. As the scene progresses, um, becomes clear he has been um, deposed from his rightful uh, position as the Duke of Milan and stranded on this island with his daughter. Um, it's you know it's it's a it's a well trodden story at this point. What stands out to you though, weirdly, is um, the role of as the play continues the role of Caliban, a sort of misformed kind of creature. Uh, the son of a witch who was on the island and is who is now um, a slave of Prospero Caliban that is not the witch and you're not quite sure why but there's, there's something about the portrayal of the actor playing him that is really kind of I don't know it's kind of you're finding it a little unsettling the makeup is quite good um, especially for the Caliban role and it feels like Looking at him, they they've done something to his hands to make his his fingers feel like a little bit more like kind of claws a little bit, and you wonder you don't you don't know whether it's just because of the body you've recently seen, but something about it is just unsettling you a little. All three of us, sorry. I will leave that up to you. I'm just I'm putting that out there. I was I was saying it more to more to Alistair because you were the first to sort of see the body, but. Yeah. Um. I suppose if if we're looking at the costume that he's wearing, would Sway be able to tell if it was like the material or if it could have been faked at all? Um. Sure. Yeah. This would be because I do have something in disguise. I was just looking at that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We could use a disguise check to sort of. So you're sort of you're using it more to kind of. Yeah. But to tell if it's a disguise or not, or if it's actually real. Hmm. Okay. To sort of. So you're kind of appraising the. 
Like, yeah. Okay. All right. The yeah, handiwork. Make, make, so a, make a disguise check for me then. Okay. 27. So, yeah, I mean, you've got a 15 disguise, so that's very. Yeah. It does look. It looks. To the casual eye, it looks like some of the best kind of stage makeup that you've seen. But as you look closer, it is still clearly a prosthetic. It's not a, you know, it, it is a, a real person underneath. You know, this isn't, mm-hmm. yeah, it is a disguise. It is a, you know, it is a piece of makeup. But I don't know, something about it is just hitting you as like, that is, it's just unsettling. Something about the, it, I don't know. Maybe the, the design yeah. of it, maybe, or the. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, like a, like a. Like the the labyrinth kind of like Goblin King like that kind of feeling. Yeah, is that- the the proportions are weird and like I don't know. It's just something in the back of your head is sort of setting it off as like this is. So they're wearing a Jim Henson, but yeah, it's a little uncanny like valley crystal. sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a little unnatural and unsettling. Hmm. Um. And th- this this feeling of sort of unease is compounded. Uh, with a um again it's a very good performance but just something about it is just striking as a little odd and caliban gives this speech says i must eat my dinner this island's mine by sycorax my mother which thou takest from me when thou camest first thou strokest me and madest much of me Wouldst give me water with berries in and teach me how to name the bigger light and how the less that burn by day and night and then I loved thee and showed thee all the qualities of the isle the fresh springs, brine pits, barren place and fertile cursed be I that did so all the charms of Sycorax toads, beetles, bats light on you for I am all the subjects that you have, which first was mine own king, and here you sty me in this hard rock whilst you do keep from me the rest of the island. The uh, the scenes continue, and uh, you're not quite sure what it is, whether it's a combination of the performance and the costume. Uh, it just seems to sort of put you all a little kind of uh, at ill at ease, um, let's say. Uh, you can't quite put a finger on it, but like something about it is sort of resonating with all that you've experienced over the past few days, if that makes sense. Mm, taken, taken by the tone of this... Um, Barnard's going to have at least one or two swigs of the gin that's in his pocket and try and surreptitiously do this so that nobody sees him doing it. But he's very much tense and given what's on his mind already, what's being said is putting him into a strange place mentally. Sway would know the play, but I'm I'm assuming she's maybe not done the play very often. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine that the know of like the context of like the whole thing but even that the, his performance is taking it maybe just to the the very like yeah fringe he's, of... he's really kind of embodying the character in a way that you mm-hmm. haven't really seen before for such a sort of provincial kind of group of players you're all very despite the sort of weirdness um you're very enraptured with it and the audience seems to be as well the um the third act ends and as the curtain comes across 
the director returns to the stage and says, Ladies and gentlemen, we will return after a short intermission. Thank you very much. As you spend the ten minutes, however you want, stay in your seats or whatever. Actually, we can play that out if you like. I've kind of... Yeah, maybe discuss I don't. I don't want to step on any moments. That might, yeah. Um, Swear's just going to look between between the two bo- two of the men, and I'm just like, is anyone else feeling unsettled? Quite. I, I have just have a strange sense of foreboding. All of a sudden, I mean, the character. It's very uh, realistic. Interest, interesting portrayal of Taliban. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's very intense. That doesn't cover it as far as I'm concerned. That entire scene gave me the willies. Bernard, are you alright? I, I find myself plagued by thoughts of my friend Jenkins, and the subject matter of this play is not helping at all, let alone the performance of that strange little man. Okay. So, the interval passes fairly quickly. Well, did you leave your seats during the interval? or? We stayed. No, I think I think, I think, I think it'd be too dumbstruck mm. to, <laughs> to okay. move. As the lights go down again, the curtain rolls back, and your eyes are suddenly drawn to the top of the curtain, as it seems to catch on something as it's pulling back, and from behind the curtain. There's the unmistakable shape of some of a person falling from above, who lands on the stage with a thud. The devil? Oh, sweet lord! Oh. There's a lot of gasps throughout the crowd. A scream from a few rows back. We look around to see it's Mildred, the guy's wife, and. The, the house lights come up as the director rushes to the stage and checks the body. He sort of looks up wildly and sort of... James! That stage hand, he's... he's dead. He's been missing since yesterday. Good grief. People start rushing for the exit and there's a big commotion. Abraham mentioned someone was missing when I spoke to him this morning. What the devil was he doing above the stage? You can see even from where you're you're a few rows back, you're not right up front. He does appear to it doesn't look fresh. He's been there for some time. He's got the unmistakable look of a large puncture wound in his torso. Does he smell at all? Oh, yeah, it stinks. Okay. And I'm just going to, like, cover my mouth and nose and sit back into my seat and be like, Oh, your God! Can I get sanity checks from all three of you? <gasps> How do we do a sanity it's check? It's a again? D100, and you have to get under... Well, for you, it's under 70. <coughs> for me, it's 64, I think. Yeah, and Barnard's is slightly lower as well, because we've done one before. Once again, I failed my roll. 
big time. Oh, wow. Okay. 93. Oh, oh. oh speaking of famous big well. 93 oh. from Barnard, 99 from Adam Sway. 48. 48. So you've passed yours. Phew. You still need to go down by one. Okay. Sorry. You two. I'll change that to 63. Um, okay. Just how crazy am I? <laughs> well, here's where things might start to go weird, because if you lose more than five sanity points in a single thing, then you suffer from temporary insanity. Oh, God. So, I have to roll... You you lose one anyway, but I also have to roll mm -hmm. 1d4 plus one to get the additional on that. Okay. So, I'm going to roll my d4. That is a two. So you also lose an additional three. So you've lost four total, four total points from your sanity. Is that, is that Madam Sway? That well, you, Madam Sway and Barnard. Um, okay. Alistair's lost one because yep. he passed. Um, so Madam Sway is now down to sixty-six. 66. Yep. Barnard, you're now down to what are you down to? Forty-five. Forty-five. Okay. So you both just about managed to not lose it. <laughs> but you're I think um, I... Yeah, you're definitely The whiskey's coming out now. The whiskey's <laughs> coming out now. Yeah, uh, breaking out in a cold sweat, Barnard is kind of shot to his feet and is shooting his eyes around the room trying to see how everybody else is reacting. Is there somebody in the room that is looking arch or is it in some way, shape or form kind of like looking on in a way that's incongruous to what everybody else is doing? That's a good question. Uh, make uh, I'll just make an intelligence check. Okay. <laughs> wow. My luck is really not good today. Well, 99. Yeah. <laughs> 93 and then a 99. I mean, yeah, no, you, in the, in all the confusion and that, you know, you're, you've got a mild state of panic going on. You can't really, you can't really notice that. You're just sort of, people are, people are leaving, people are running. A couple of people are sort of running for the stage. Um, but in a distressed way, not in a in a kind of like oh, you know, we want to help sort of way, not in a sort of not in a sinister way from the looks of things. You see more of the the backstage crew and cast run onto the stage as well. Um, but you can't determine anybody's motive from what from, not with a ninety nine. Okay, well, wide-eyed and stressed then, and Barnard's just going to exclaim, "What the devil is going on here?" Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, as I said in the intro, we'll hopefully be back next week with another bonus world-building episode for you all. Our next story episode, episode 48, uh, continuing where we left off today, will be available, as usual, in two weeks' time on Thursday, the 11th of April. Uh, so we hope you'll tune back in for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can get in contact with us on Twitter and Facebook, both of which we are at PretendWithDice. You can also email us at PretendingWithDice at Outlook.com. Uh, if you're an iTunes user, it'd be really great if you could leave us a rating and review. Uh, it all helps us to find new listeners, and we'd really just love to hear what you think of the podcast. Uh, so for now, that's our show. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.